What's up, soccer fans? Mike Guyomi, sons of a pitch, Soccer Central, episode number 223, coming at you live from my basement. This episode, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference Final, the Western Conference Finals, and how those games went. Our Bracket Challenge League recap. Only two people left that have a shot to win the Bracket Challenge. We're going to go over some news and notes, off-season calendar, talk about the new Next MLS Next Pro and that horrible logo. Chris Armas to man you. Are you kidding me right now? We're going to talk about all that stuff. Plus, we're going to have two special guests on tonight. One representing the Portland Timbers and the other representing New York City Football Club. And we're going to talk about MLS Cup Final coming up on the weekend. So stay tuned till all the way till the end of this show and uh, hang out with us. And we're going to be talking a lot of soccer here over the next hour. So let's get right into the business. We got Red Bull Insider in the house. Connor McCabe, we got Paul in the house as well, repping Talk in the Woods. They're giving away our guest right there in the get-go. Glad you guys are in the house and uh, ready to rock and roll. All right, so first things first, let's go talk about the games that we didn't talk about since our last regular podcast episode, which was last Monday night. We're going to start out with the New England Revolution and New York City Football Club. I'm going to talk about this one because this is this was the game of the playoffs so far. No doubt about it. John, get out of here. Dude, really? Are you kidding me right now? Get out. Uh, so this game was unbelievable. New England Revolution, your best team in MLS. They've got uh, their host in New York City. New York City's coming in after a, uh, a good win over Atlanta United. And then can New York City pull off the upset? You're damn right they can. They pull off the upset and beat New England. Went two to two through the uh, through the ninety minutes, and then through extra time, and then penalty kicks. New York City knocks out the New England Revolution, your your Sporter Shield champions, and all that. It's just crazy. But I mean, hey, there it's something to be said for these teams that get these buys, that win the conference and get the buys. They don't do so hot. That's how it is. All right, so we've got uh, Isaiah Paskins in the house. New England was never that good. They they were that good, Isaiah. They they were that good. Uh, DSO in the house, Rory in the house as well. How you doing, Rory? And uh, we got brother BKL, Troy Palomalu in the house as well. All right, so there's it's enough. Real quick, I just wanted to touch on that New England, New York City game. That game was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, this back to back constant action, it was crazy. So, uh, now to the games that are the most recent the Western and the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Final, Portland Timbers. Upend Real Salt Lake and end their uh, end their little run there, their Cinderella run. That's over. Uh, it's, we knew it was going to come to an end at some point. RSL was not running the table and getting through uh, through the gauntlet of MLS Cup playoffs. The Portland Timbers said, "Come on, welcome to our house," and then they smacked the hell out of them. It was that simple. Uh, it was a beatdown from the get go. There, no uh, no trouble whatsoever for Portland. Goals by Mora in the fifth minute. A uh, very ugly goal. But it uh, doesn't matter. Hit the back of the net, got past David Ochoa, who uh, whether, you know, some people like him, some people don't. I don't like him. I think he's uh, – I don't really like him that much. Uh, I'm glad that they lost, and I'm glad that he's out. So uh, then you got Salt Lake at a red card to Herrera in the 79th and Moreno with a beautiful goal uh, that kind of made David Ochoa look bad. Went off the post, then off of his back, and back into the net. Uh, so Portland, a 2 nothing victory. I mean, this game was all Portland. From the start, there was no chance for Real Salt Lake in this matchup. Looking at the stats in this game, we had uh, 
possession was damn near even 51-50, 51-49 there. And then uh, total shots, though, 14-7 to for Portland. This game, the possession, even though it was dead even, all of the good possession came through the Timbers. They looked they looked strong throughout this matchup, and I'm sure that uh, that Rocky will have plenty to say about that coming up when we get into our MLS Cup uh, talk here in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, plus, then you've got shots on goal, seven three block shots, one nothing for Portland. Total passes four thirty two and an eighty percent passing accuracy. Seven corners to three. It was all the Portland Timbers in this matchup, and they uh, with this win they host MLS Cup final. For the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen, first time ever, Portland is going to be hosting MLS Cup final, and they deserve it, man. This uh, this is a group of uh, a group of fans that is absolutely unreal, and uh, I am extremely excited to see that atmosphere come next Saturday against New York City because New York City beat Philadelphia Union, COVID or no COVID. I think New York City would have gotten it done regardless. They got a little bit of help from the uh, from the pandemic. And uh, Philadelphia, they got on the board first in this one. They scored first through an Alan uh, Callen's own goal. And uh, then New York City, two minutes after that, it was it was about 90 seconds, actually, that uh, that they get in and tie the game up one apiece. Not a great game from New York City, but they find the winner through Tiago. Uh, no, not Tiago. What the hell is his name? Talis Manio. Uh, gets the goal in the 88th minute to send New York City through to win the Eastern Conference Final, and uh, and 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 there there goes their uh, the New York City curse is now over. At least I think so. Uh, this is enough to say they've finally had a little bit of success in the playoffs because y'all remember New York City they'd struggled in the playoffs in the past. Toronto knock them out. Columbus would knock them out. Other teams would knock them out. They could never seem to get anything going. Well, now they got something going, and they are in MLS Cup after beating Philadelphia. It was a valiant effort from Philly. I will give them that. Uh, a very good effort from them. Overall, they had uh, – you, you look at the lineup here for them. Harriel, Finlay, Colin, and Ambasio were a brand-new four that played in this one from the previous matchup in the playoffs when they beat Nashville. Uh, Ambasio is the starting right back, but – the rest of those three, they were never going to see any minutes except for uh, except for when COVID came through and ravaged that team. Uh, Flack, Martinez, McGlynn. I mean, this team, they were missing so many players, including Andre Blake, which was a big one, a really big loss for the for uh, uh, Philadelphia Union. And uh, that, that that's that's all she wrote for Philadelphia. Uh, they're done. They're out. Their their record season uh, and and you know getting to the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals, the furthest they had ever gotten in the playoffs. That's done now. So uh, there you go, brother BKL says uh, that's what I was saying all along. Philadelphia Union came good in the first half, second half they missed peace. Instead, Sergio Santos. That's a good point, brother BKL. They had no depth whatsoever on this roster. It was just a bunch of young kids that probably weren't going to see any minutes uh, at all this season and uh, they had no depth they Sergio Santos although I don't think he's that great of a player he's still a good piece to bring in in the 70th minute when you need a goal so uh that and then you know Shabilko he got tired towards the end you could see it he just wasn't uh he wasn't able to keep it going and uh that was trouble there so all right then for uh let's take a look at the stats in this matchup New York City not their best game guys this is uh this was not a good game from New York City standpoint I thought they played like crap, honestly. Uh, the possession was there, 65-35. Total shots, 11-8. Shots on goal, 5-3. 
Uh, the passes, total passes. That's what's you, that's what's going to happen when you've got uh, when you've got possession sixty five percent of the time. But uh, I'll tell you, man, New York City, they they got lucky. They got back. They got by by the skin of their teeth in this matchup. Uh, they I think the I think the mindset of oh all these guys are out. I think that hurt them, and they came out a little bit slow. They didn't they didn't look that good on the ball in the first half, but. They did what they needed to do. They got through. They move on to the uh, to MLS Cup final, going to Portland this week. And uh, Portland, New York City is the MLS Cup final. Speaking of the bracket challenge, let's move into the bracket challenge. We got T Mac in the house. What's up, T Mac? How are you, man? Very hurt about my union finally getting knocked out. Hell of an effort from who was actually able to play. Very true, T Mac. That was uh, that was a great effort from that group of guys. Really a crappy situation overall. I mean, even even the New York City fans, you know, they, they, they'll admit, you know what, that sucks. That's not how you want to win. You want, you know, you don't you don't want a bunch of guys being out. Being, you'll take it if it happens. Don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of New York City fans probably agree with that statement. Uh, all right, so the uh, the bracket challenge here. There's only two people left that can win the bracket challenge. That's it. Only two. Russell, Royal Timber 18, and BKL. Brother BKL are the only two team, the only two brackets that have a chance here. Ryan T's bracket, Samuel's bracket, a new Wiseman, DSO, Rapid Waters, me, everybody, we're all out. It's over. It depends on who wins MLS Cup final. And that is if Portland wins, Royal Timber, Russell, Russell will win the $25 Amazon gift card. Then if New York City wins, Brother BKL will win the $25 Amazon gift card. So that's it. Who, uh, you know, who's who's going to uh, who, who's going to win the uh, MLS Cup final? Who's going to win the bracket challenge in that that $25 gift card? Russell or BKL? We'll find out in just a few days. There, DSO says, uh, no, it was a tactical switch by Dyla and the subs changed the game. Tati is the best defensive forward in the league. His pressure up top is relentless. Agreed, DSO, 100%. Uh, that that was uh, that was a big switch there towards the end once uh, once he brought in Manuel and uh, and it got things flowing there offensively uh, and kind of pushed up. Uh, I remember hearing that in the, in the halftime talk there they said you know we got to we got to get our sixes up higher and push them higher up the pitch and they did that and uh, that was that was what was needed to be done and made it happen. So Tati, you're right. Tati will change uh, how this team plays for sure. That's a, a big piece that was missing there for New York City, but they do have, they do have a uh, a good amount of depth back there. So or at, at striker for sure. So if he can't get it done in the beginning of the game, they all they have pieces to bring in towards the end. All right, a couple other things I want to touch on before we get into MLS Cup talk. We've got uh, our off-season calendar announced. We've got, uh, of course, all this stuff that's already done here. But uh, we're going to see a, a list, a, a, a slew of uh, players getting sent out, cut out, and whatnot over the next few days. And we've seen a bunch of them just over the past few days. I'll let you guys check up on that list yourselves. But uh, now the, the biggest piece for this one is that the day after the MLS Cup, we have the uh, half-day trade window opening. And then you've got the uh, expansion draft for Charlotte FC. So who's going to go to Charlotte? Remember, that this is something that we've dealt with every single year now for the past few years. Teams losing players because of expansion drafts and whatnot. So 
we'll see how uh, we'll see how Charlotte does here on uh, on the 14th. But that's kind of uh, that, that. Nobody's worried about that right now. Right now, we're focused on uh, on the important stuff like MLS Cup final. Next thing up, Chris Armis. Chris Armis, former Toronto FC coach. Um, what the hell is going on in this world? I don't even understand what, what's going on right now. I, I see this report. I, I'm like, this. that's a funny joke right there. That's 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 some satire. Are we, are we going to laugh at this or what? And no, it's actually a serious thing. Chris Armis may be, it sounds like it's a done deal, might be an assistant coach for Manchester United of the English Premier League. What? This guy sucks. He's a horrible coach. Horrible coach. The guy runs Red Bull into the ground, goes to TFC, loses the locker room in three weeks after winning a Champions League two-legged tie, and now he's getting a job at Manchester United? I mean, Man U has fallen very far over the past few years, at least from what I've heard. Um, I, I don't know because I don't follow much of it, but uh, I always seem to hear everybody bitching about Man U and how they, they lost today and, oh, this team's not that good. Well, get ready for them to get worse and worse. If Chris Armas has anything to do with the club, they're going to suck. And <laughs> I just can't understand why why anyone would hire Chris Armas, especially after that kind of track record. There you go. Jay Jardine says, uh, you know, dude, Armas must have some serious connections in the football world. Serious connections, Jay, because that's insane. Absolutely insane. I am like, I can't even believe it. DSO says CR7 will smack the shit out of Armas. I hope he does. I hope he just walks up to him in the first day of practice and just the hell out of here, you bald-headed scumbag. You suck. That's that's pretty much what I would like to see. But hey, who knows? Who knows? Ramon in the house. What's up, Ramon? How you doing, man? Jan Step as well. What's up, Jan Step? Just passing by to hit the like button. Much appreciated, Jan Step. We'll see you on Saturday for MLS Cup Final. We'll be live for that one. And uh, oh, there you go. Isaiah says Armis and Rag Ragnick were together at Red Bulls. Okay, so there you go. That's that's the connection. That's apparently. I mean, apparently Chris Armis has life figured out. He's good at networking. That's one thing. Because you always get jobs through networking, and uh, apparently that takes you know that takes precedence over everything else. So, all right, we'll see how it works out for Chris Armas. If he lasts more than six months, I'll be surprised. Um, but something good to put on the resume so he can go ruin some other club as well. All right, let's talk next about a couple moves and whatnot that were uh, that were done here. Uh, we had uh, CF Montreal. Gabriel Corbo from Bologna, the revolving door with Bologna and um, Bologna and who the uh, Montreal Impact, CF Montreal, because Joey Saputo, the owner of Montreal, owns Bologna as well. You're always seeing players getting loaned over to Montreal from Bologna and back and forth and whatnot. Lassie Lapalainen, uh, he is now permanently with Montreal because he was not good enough to cut it at Bologna. Uh, you remember Louis Binks? He went from uh, Montreal up to Bologna, now is is still with Bologna, sitting on the bench. But uh, Gabriel Corbo, have no idea who this guy is, but we'll see if he stays in Montreal or if he goes back to Syria in due time. Uh, the crew, Columbus crew, re-sign Zellerayan and Room. Good moves for the crew. Uh, you know, that's uh, those are two players that are really the glue in that locker room. Zellerayan, you don't want to lose him. I think he's the MVP of the crew. 
Um, you could argue Jossie Zardes over the years, but Zellerion is a big piece for the Columbus crew. And then uh, Eloy Room, the keeper, great pickup from Curacao back a couple of years ago. He's done well for Columbus. And uh, there you go. Good moves by the crew. But there, Isaiah says, uh, you know, you, you need to stop over-relying on Zellerion. True, but if the guy's good, the guy's good, right? So you got to you gotta let him ride. Got to let him ride. Uh, there you go. As you know, tactical manager is uh, same connection in Man United, but I feel crazy Man United front office. Oh, well. <laughs> TFC got Bob. That's right. Toronto FC did hire Bob Bradley. Lots of talk about him riding the ship in, uh, in Toronto. I think he'll do a good job. If you guys remember, I called that back like two months ago that uh, that was how we were going to get this thing done uh, in Toronto in their prescription there. But hey, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, what happens with TFC. But right now we got other things to worry about. Uh, another thing I want to run over real quick is the uh, United States men's national team. Uh, their roster for this December camp. Goalkeepers, John Pulskamp from Sporting Kansas City. Uh, how did this guy get on the roster? Uh, Gabriel Slonina from the Fire. Good young keeper. I'm excited to see what he can do. A, a good opportunity for him to get into camp with the USMNT in their, you know, in their January camp that's in December this year. Uh, and then Matt Turner from the Revs. Defenders, George Bello, Justin Shea, Jonathan Gomez from Louisville City, Kobe Henry, Henry Kessler, Brooks Lennon, Aaron Long, Kevin Paredes from D.C. United, Brian Reynolds from Romo, one of the few European-based players that came over, uh, Austin Trusty and Walker Zimmerman. Midfielders, you got Kellen Acosta, Cole Bassett, Johnny Cardoso, Christian Roldan, and Jackson Ewell. With the forwards, Taylor Booth from Bayern Munich 2, Caden Clark getting his first call up to the United States men's national team, Cade Cowell from the Earthquakes, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe, and Jossie Zardes. So a good lineup from USMNT to bring in. Just It's all about the training camp. They do have a friendly against Bosnia. Uh, I probably will not be live streaming that one as I'll be going on vacation. I believe the 17th, I think the game's on the 18th, but, uh, we'll see what, uh, we'll see how they do in that. I'm not worried about the game for me. It's all about the training camp and getting these guys some good time together and uh, learning the system under Burhalter and, uh, trying to get, uh, trying to get better for, uh, for the future. All right. Lastly, we've got, uh, the Canadian men's national team. Players of the Year, Men and Women National Team Players of the Year Awards. This one, uh, we had the media vote, and as I, I am part of the media with Canada Soccer, let out my my votes, and I will tell you guys my votes before the uh, final tally is actually up. For the men, I've got Alfonso Davies, number one, Tejan Buchanan, number two, and Stefan Estacchio, number three. As far as the women go, Christine St. Clair, Stephanie LeBay, and Jesse Flemings. So uh, Jesse Fleming, not Flemings. But uh, there's there's my picks for the Canadian men's and women's national team players of the year. And with that, let's take our quick sponsor break here for uh, for the podcast side. And uh, John Donovan will have a, uh, up, uh, a fire update for you guys as well. And then we'll be right back in just a minute to talk with our two special guests on this great, great game coming up on Saturday, MLS Cup Final. Be right back, guys. This episode of Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast, brought to you by Nice Premium Iceland Pure Spring Water. Also by Donovan Food Brokerage, a sales and marketing firm focused on food service sales in the Midwest. And lastly, by Skira, 
Icelandic spring water available at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Mike, John Donovan here following the Chicago Fire and the MLS. I've so much enjoyed these playoff games, Mike. I just, um, you know, the incredible coaching, the talent of the players, the, the excitement of the crowd. I just wish that would be for Chicago. You know, I'm trying to keep up with the Chicago Fire soccer team, and it's, it's kind of difficult. They named Ezra Hendrickson as the coach, which, you know, I, I wish that they had looked a little deeper for a coach. I don't think Ezra's going to put a lot of people in the stands, but uh, we've got to give the guy a chance. I've listened to him talk quite a bit, and he seems like a sincere guy. He's been 20 years in the league, so he should know quite a bit about the league. The only problem I have is they're going to keep Klopas on his staff, which um, it's almost like having a spy in your squad. But, you know, they have done, they've re-signed a few guys. They've, uh, Navarro from Venezuela got re-signed. I just hope they don't plan on him ever being a fullback. He he gets overrun by these these um, bigger uh, forwards. He, he would be a good uh left halfback. I mean, he's got that kind of uh, left foot. He's fast. Um, they re-signed him. They re-signed Holmberg, um, uh, the defenseman, and they re-signed Bornstein. They're, they're saying that there will be three uh, DPs. Um, Jimenez and Ali Seda are both kind. They're, they have options. Um, after them getting drunk and not showing up for the game, that Toronto game, I, the option I would have would be to leave. I don't think that they added much to the squad, especially Aliceta. He, um, the last game they played this season, it was, you know, he would get the ball and, and uh, head up field and somebody would just come out, run him and steal the ball. So out of shape, did not have two good seasons. So I think I would let him go. Um, they are bringing in, in January, they're bringing in this uh, man from Colombia. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that the season starts February the 28th. Obviously, there's not going to be a lot of home games in February in Chicago. Even March um, is kind of rough around here. But, you know, Mike, I would like to say something about the Philadelphia Union uh, game against New York City. I... I was a Philly fan, or I am a Philly fan. Um, I have some family from that area, and I have been to that stadium. Wonderful crowd, wonderful uh, wonderful team. You know, the way they're developing their youth and selling them over to Europe, although I'd rather not have them sell them over to Europe, I'd rather them stay here. But um, Jim Curtin, Villanova graduate as, uh, as the coach, that was really interesting. Cincinnati's been trying to buy out his contract, even though he has two more years. But he said he's a Philly guy. He's from that area, and he's going to stick around. But, you know, them getting nine starters, basically nine starters with COVID. Um, you know, they played New York, which was almost uh, a full team. They didn't have Castaneda with them because of a red card in the New England game. But uh, the young guys from Philly gave New York hell. I mean, they didn't have the substitutes that New York did at the end of the game. Um, New York put in three substitutes, and they were the difference in the final. They, they scored the winning goal, I think, with 87 minutes to go. So they just, 
I mean, it was a great game. The, the youth of Philadelphia, just they are tough. They, they play well. It was a good, it, it really was an exciting game. The, the center mid from Venezuela, rough, kind of a dirty player, but he does even the, the game, even against a powerful team from New York. But it was a 1-1 game going into the final minute and, and uh, the New York scored. But, but it really kind of tends, I have to ask myself, nine players in one week got COVID. Did these guys get inoculated? I mean, if you're a professional athlete and you've got a city behind you, which Philadelphia did, what kind of player are you to not protect yourself for for this kind of uh, excitement and and the team and so forth? I, I cannot believe that nine guys just openly got COVID. I, I think that uh, they probably didn't get inoculated al- along with a lot of other professional athletes, and this disease just ran right through the union team. If I was... I think his name is Sugarman, the owner. I would be really razzed off at this. I mean, it not fair to the fans, not fair to the city. If I had options on those guys, I don't think I'd be upping those options. I mean, Bedoya, Santos, uh, really the, the best players, the goalie. Um, nine starters were out. So, you know, you really got uh, – I think you have an obligation as a player if you get the support of the fans to make sure you're – protecting yourself for the game. So, Mike, but, you know, the Portland-New uh, York game, it's going to be a great game in Portland. I'd give 1000 bucks for a ticket for that game. It, it, uh, it, the atmosphere, I've been to a game in Portland, and it just is wonderful. So thanks a lot, Mike. Have a good day. I, uh, I think, you know, I listened to your other podcast about Kansas City and, and Vermees. Man, I'd take Vermees in Chicago anytime. Take care, Mike. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. All right, so there you have it. We're back from break, and we've got two special guests. We've got Rocky at Talk in the Woods representing the Portland Timbers and DSO representing New York City. How you doing, gentlemen? Awesome. Uh, I'm doing great, man. I just hope we can win this final, man. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so we're going to talk about – a couple different, a uh, couple different things. Sent you guys some notes earlier. We've got our keys to the game. We're also going to talk about a position to position breakdown, right? So the defenders, the goalkeepers, midfielders. I want you guys to tell me a what your keys to the game are for your teams, and then b why your team has the edge in those certain categories of goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, etc. We're going to go over players to watch, and then we're going to talk about predictions. Now I'm going to let these guys do most of the talking during this one tonight and uh i'll be putting together my episode tomorrow i'll be recording mine tomorrow morning to have uploaded hopefully tomorrow afternoon maybe tomorrow evening and uh, i'll give you more of my information on it there so guys let's get started first things first rocky tell me who what are your keys to the game for the portland Timbers? uh keys to the game um are definitely going to be having to watch morales and castellanos uh being back uh Golden Boot winner of the MLS this year uh, can't be can't be uh, you know can't we can't just let them go by you know um, I think defense defense has got to be strong we've like the pressure with RSL it was 90 minutes of pressure on both sides uh, offense and defense um, I think we got to continue to do our uh, set piece defense as well um, even when New York gets a chance and gets corners which they're gonna have to do um, we've got a lot of those corners. 
Um, and then uh, precision, precision assists and fast attacks um, for us anyway. Uh, we may give up some possession. I think New York is going to be comfortable in Providence Park because it is the second smallest stadium, um, our pitch. And I think New York has the smallest pitch. Hey, your stadium used to be a baseball stadium, buddy. Is the derby, derby of the baseball stadiums right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's something that, you know, New York isn't going to be a pushover. I mean, stats aren't always going to be the giveaway. And then um, and then a good, a good goal spread. Um, we don't have dominant goal scorers like Castellanos or, or Morales, but everyone in our midfield and even our defenders right now are scoring goals. So I think those are pretty much the keys. And then uh, probably the biggest one, um, a factor for us is going to be the Timbers Army and just being loud and proud. I agree. Absolutely, man. That uh, I'm fired up for, for that atmosphere, man. I, Although I I've, I've heard um, <laughs> on Twitter that uh, – the, the away tickets have sold out quickly for NYCFC, so we, we will have a loud uh, third rail section, but it, it definitely won't be as loud as the Timbers Army. The Timbers are at home, so I expect the, I expect the atmosphere to be primarily Timbers. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be, uh, I mean, uh, from, from being an MLS Cup final back when, uh, when the Sounders beat us back in 2016, uh, you know, there was, they had their contingent up in the top corner, and they, they tried to get loud, but they were nowhere near Toronto FC, and I expect the same thing with when you've got a, a great atmosphere like uh, like Portland. That th- those few uh, those few New York supporters, man, I'm sorry they're not going to be able to not going to drown out the the Timbers Army there. But I can't wait for that atmosphere. It's going to be uh, unless we score, it's going to be silent and we're going to be loud. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right, DSO, what are your what are your keys to the game for New York City? Uh, I've actually got three that I wrote here on my uh, my pad. Uh, it's uh, number one is confidence. Uh, just play with no fear, just uh, just like we did against New England in all four games. We could we could have won all four games if I'm being honest against New England this year. But uh, you know, some um, you know, a red card uh, earlier um, in one of the games. You know, the poor defensive mistakes in the very first game against New England definitely cost us. And you know, we beat them at Yankee Stadium. Uh, we showed no fear um, against New England at all, and they're they're, they're the best team in history um, points wise in the regular season with 73 points. You know, obviously edging out LAFC with 72. But, you know, we, 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 we took all four games to them, man. We took them all the way to penalties it's at Gillette Stadium. We silenced the crowd pretty early on, uh, three minutes in with that uh, goal that Santi scored. So I'm pretty confident um, that uh, we, we could we could uh, do something similar. Uh, number two for me, patience. Uh, I feel like Portland's just going to try and just defend and go off the uh, counterattacks if you end up. Um, if you can play simple, you know, just play the way you're facing. If you can't possibly turn, you know, just, you know, just scan the pitch, you know, and, uh, the, you play your best possible uh, pass, um, you know, just uh, be patient with the ball. Don't force anything in the, in the final third that could potentially hurt you, you know, potentially go on a counterattack and they get scored. So especially on a turf, on a turf pitch, you know, we, we, we play, a gra- we play on grass fields, but we, we did play at a, on a turf pitch at Gillette stadium, but, you know what? Just play. Just be calm. Patience. Be patient. You know, um, it looks like the Timbers are gonna defend. So there's only so much pressure they can take, and it's eventually it's a it's a matter of time until the dam breaks and we can break the deadlock. Um, number three, um, just be cool. Keep a cool head. You know, we saw Dyron Espria. You know, at the end of the game in Colorado, he punched one of the Colorado players on the sideline trying to get a throw in. 
when you're one nil up in the 93rd minute. You just you just can't do that in playoffs. You know, if that was earlier in the game, it potentially could have cost Portland the uh, the con- uh, the pass to the conference final. If that was earlier in the game, if that was 20 minutes into the game, I don't think I don't think we see Portland uh, advance if uh, that red card happened 20 minutes earlier. Um, so just keep a cool head, you know, Castellanos. He just I understand that you see the ball and you try and lunge for it and try to win it. You just just can't do that, you know, especially when you're already on a yellow. So just keep a cool head. And, you know, I've seen highlights of these Portland Timbers uh, playing, um, you know, trying to see what we can do uh, and uh, me trying to say it here on the live. So I've done my homework. Um, they, they, if you get under their skin, they, they could – they could potentially do something really stupid that could cost them the game. So I just, I would just keep a cool head and, you know, try and try and get under the Portland Timber skin, you know, especially someone like Dyron or, or Mabiala who could easily lose their temper, you know, and potentially get them sent off. So uh, just keep a cool head. That's number three for me. All right. Sounds good. That's uh, I like it. I think uh, for me, you know, my, my keys to the game, I think uh, for one is just attack, attack, attack for Portland. Uh, I think they've got they got to go after it. Uh, they cannot sit back like uh, you know you're you're kind of talking their DSO that you expect to see Portland kind of sit back and, and try and hit off the counter. They can't do that. Uh, New York City will break them down too quick, and uh, that could be trouble. So for uh, for New York City, I say uh, you know t- take the crowd out of the game, start fast. That is uh, that's the key for me. Uh, just you got to get going real quick and try and get that Timbers army uh, quiet. Because if you're if you're not after about 45 minutes or so, it, it might not be a uh, it might not be a good good place to be. So yeah, especially uh, at noon, if you could, if you want to win the first 15 minutes of the game. Right. Uh, if you're NYCFC, especially as the uh, away as the away team, you know, try and put try and put the Timbers army to sleep. It's going to be noon uh, Western time, so it's going to be very early to kick off for them. So. You know, if, if I'm New York City and I start with the ball, I would just keep possession. You know, just bore, just bore the fans into, you know, not really expecting much, and you know, perhaps even just trying to trying to get a goal early on, just like what we did in New England. Yep. There you go. All right. So let, let's talk about the position by position breakdown here. So uh, starting out with the goalkeepers. All right. So I'll say, you know, DSO, go ahead. You go first. Tell tell, tell us why you think Sean Johnson has the edge over Clark. I just think that he comes up with the the uh, the bigger saves and the the bigger uh, occasions. You know, no disrespect to Steve Clark, but we all know what happened in the 2015 final when he was a uh, uh, goalkeeper back then for Columbus Crew. Uh, Diego Valeri put him under pressure, and in the first 30 seconds, you know, just wanted to clear the ball and it hit Valeri's boot, and it just goes into the back of the net. I'm pretty sure Rocky has a pretty sure Rocky went wild when he saw that. <laughs> so you know, we already know Steve Clark. He's um very easy. Um, very easy to pl- apply pressure on. So, if I'm Tati Castellanos, uh, I would definitely apply pressure uh, to him and the two center backs for Portland pretty early on because you never know. You could can make a mistake out of it and, you know, just make the most of it. And, you know, you never know. You can go 1 0 up pretty early on. All right. Now, Rocky, talk to us. Why, why is Steve Clark the better option here? Why, why, why should they get the green check mark? Uh, experience. Uh, Steve Clark has been in a lot of finals, uh, including 2015, 2019, MLS is back, and now this game. Uh, he's a phenomenal goalkeeper. He's consistent, um, and he's got great uh, leadership over the back line. Um, Larry did get that one pass him off of Columbus, but uh, that back line was a little soft. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. So 
the back line that, that Clark is working with now is, is a lot stronger, a lot more consistent. Uh, Zuparic has the most minutes of any player right now um, on the team. Uh, Mabiala's got two goals um, in this tournament already. Uh, and then, so uh, what's that? So does Tati. And then, uh, uh, but Tati's a uh, you know, forward. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, here, having two goals is, I think, a little bit a little bit nicer than uh, our forward. So, um, but again, Clark is Clark is sure-handed. He's got some good saves, um, and he's playing at home with the army at his back. So, I'm I'm pretty confident in Clark and his leadership abilities with the defense. All right, so there you go. Then, uh, yeah, I, I've uh, you know I'll be putting out my picks and whatnot in tomorrow's episode for who I give the edge to. But uh, great points from both you, Rocky. T- talk about the defense, the defensive core. You kind of started to touch on it a little bit there. W- why why is the Timbers' defense better than New York City's defense? Um, I'm gonna go with our leadership right now. Uh, Diego Chara, he is a CDM, um, but he's the captain of the back line. Um, it's gonna be hard just getting past him. And if you get it past them, then you have to worry about set pieces with the Parish and the Aries, who are just going to bomb you down. Um, and then uh, Claudio Bongo, uh, arguably the best wing back in the MLS this year with 55 tackles. Um, in Argentine um, took also some uh, international duties. Um, he's, he's a boss with the ball. He's not afraid to, to get a tackle, not afraid to get a yellow card. Um, I think our only soft spot right now is probably going to be Van Rankin. I do love the guy, but uh, he's definitely made a few mistakes. And if, if New York can put some, some pressure on Van Rankin, and if they don't switch sides, which often do, Van Rankin gets too much pressure, um, he could switch sides with Bravo and, and mix it up for New York. Um, and honestly, the, the big three, say big, because um, Diego Charm is going to be a huge matchup for any team. He's got on a lot of players. Hey, you keep cutting out, Rocky. You can barely understand you, man. It sounds like you're underwater right now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I can barely hear you. My Wi-Fi. Here's something else in one of your guys' background. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Diego Charm is gonna take take leadership role in this, and uh, and he's gonna captain the back line. He's going to uh, definitely assist up on the forward front, too, with his brother Jimmy and and Dyrone. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, DSO, uh, talk to us about that back line. I'm not a big fan of Callens and Chanel. I think they're I think they're a little weak in the center back position. Well, I, well, I completely disagree. I, they, they've been together since 2017. They, they, they've been the most stable um, center back pairing in the league. You know, they, they've been here for – uh, almost half a decade now. So uh, their leadership, they have le- they have leadership in uh, Diego Chara. We have leadership in uh, Maxime Chanel. He's a, the vice captain. Uh, we have uh, Callens, who's a very uh, very experienced uh, internationally, uh, going to the Cup of America and playing um, uh, with um, Peru in the uh, in the qualifiers. So I think it's uh, uh, I think uh, the center backs are pretty good. I think the the full backs as well. Uh, Hold up. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll get back to that there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just I'm thinking with uh, you know as far as with, with Tinner Holm out and having uh, having a month in, he's played well. 
uh, since, you know, since coming in. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but uh, no worries, man. No worries. So uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's played well, but he's not, he's not, he's not tender home. Um, and then, you know, with, with Gray, he's looked good as well, but that that's a young kid, a lot of pressure on a young kid. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we have um, two really good left backs. You know, we, uh, we started a Munson for the whole playoffs and we brought in a good Mondor Terranson and we all know, um, you know, he's a good Mondor Terranson. He's very good with the, the free kicks. He scored two free kicks this season he scored the free kick in atlanta that's basically saved us that saved the whole season for new york city football club if it wasn't for that free kick in atlanta i don't think we'd be talking about a new york city portland timbers of mls cup matchup right here so um big props to goody for coming up big you know ending the drought 509 minutes without scoring a goal you know um he came up massive uh malte uh very good defensively uh, attacking wise as well i think he's very good um you know just uh you know, we're, I think we're going to target the, the fullbacks for Portland. I think that's that's what's going to that's what's ultimately going to come down the game. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna attack the fullbacks. Their fullbacks aren't really that good, if I'm being honest. Um, I think they're a bit iffy. Um, I've seen a couple of highlights. It's mostly uh, Moria or one of the center uh, center midfielders uh, playing out wide when when there's a threat on the wings uh, for the opposition against Portland. They like to play a very narrow defense. Uh, from what I've seen so far in the playoffs. So uh, I think it's it's all going to come down to how we use the flanks. And I think center back pairing-wise, Chanel and Callens, they've eliminated those bad decisions that they made in the past, um, in the playoffs, you know, 2019 at City Field. That that obviously comes to um, comes to mind when you think of a poor, poor uh, play center backs-wise. You know, Chanel uh, heading the ball back up, and then Pozuelo just gets a touch and slots it past Johnson to start the second half at City Field. And, you know, Matarita giving away that stupid penalty in the 90th minute. Um, you know, we've eliminated those bad decisions. So I think uh, this back line, um, this is the best back line we've had in our uh, seven-year history. So I think um, I think if, if it comes down to defenses, I think we have the slightly better defense based off the experience and the togetherness and the chemistry. So um, if it comes down to it, I think, I think the – number one reason we win this game is defense okay yeah i mean they're they're gonna have to play some defense for sure because uh going on the road portland you know portland's gonna get their chances so they're they're gonna have to stand up defensively and uh you know if they want any chance in this matchup going on the road so uh midfielders uh you know i kind of i move the wingers and the forwards in in as one right so kind of your defensive mids your you know your 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 cam uh you know for the midfielders, I mean, you've got you, you've got some great players in the in the midfield in this game. I mean, you got the you know the Chiraz, both of them uh, for Portland. You know, you've got uh, in in New York City side, you got Maxi Morales. I mean, you got all these other pieces. There, there's so many great players in the midfield. Uh, this is a really really tough one to decide on who has the edge here. A lot of you know a lot of people probably say it's pretty even in the midfield. Uh, Rocky, talk to me about Portland's midfield. Uh, again, with Diego Chara uh, being able to move up um, and and feed out balls, intelligent balls to his his good players, we're able to play Blanco the uh, last game, um, which, and we still won and 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 held a clean sheet. Um, if Blanco is able to play, I don't I don't think he'll start, but I think he might be a super sub. And if he puts in 20 minutes toward the end of the game, uh, it doesn't matter if, if New York is up one. Uh, we're going to find an equalizer, possibly two. Um, 
All the rest of our midfielders, Paredes, um, he'll probably start. Fachive is a great super sub uh, on the midfield too. Um, they're not afraid afraid to go back and play some defense, and they've all scored goals. Um, even uh, even if then does a, a magical 10, 20 minutes toward the end of the match, um, he could also move forward and, and get a goal as well. Um, but I say Paredes for me has been a little bit um, uh, – you know, under the radar, um, he does have a few goals, uh, quite a few assists, um, and he's just been playing out of his gourd. Um, we picked him up from Club America, and he played on our T2 when we were developing him, and he's just slotted right into Gio's plans. Um, so between him and, and Chara, um, and then, like I say, if Achieve would be a sub, um, and even Loria subbed in for... Sebastian Blanco last guy last game and he bossed it. He looked a little tired after 80 minutes. But like I say, we got some great subs. Um, and like I say, if Luria gets gets tired in 80, we could throw on a Blanco, um, which you know our bench only gets stronger, which not a lot of teams can say they have. Um, and like I say earlier too, if we go down go down a goal, we went down a goal in Minnesota and came back and beat them 3-1. So the army was never out of it at that point. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a good spread. Um, other than Blanco, every, like I say, everyone's got goals, so it's a real dangerous threat, and that's just the midfield. Okay, so talk to me about Blanco. All right, is is is, is he? Is there any chance he starts this game? Uh, I don't. You know, I would probably say like a thirty to forty percent chance that he starts. Okay. Um, just because. Uh, you know, we don't want to injure him any more than he possibly was. Um, obviously, uh, one of our first concerns is just player health and player safety. And if we don't need to play him, then we don't we don't have to. We have plenty of other other guys to slot right in and get the job done, like we've already seen so far this year and in this last game, even versus ourselves. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I. I... To me, if he if he plays, that that really you know that 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 puts kind of Portland in the driver's seat. I think if he starts, but I mean if he's coming in off the bench, you do have that option right there. Uh, that that's a huge option to have. I think sometimes people think, oh well, look, uh, you know you're <laughs> you've got a guy on the bench, he's not starting. That's a bad thing. But and sometimes that's that's a damn good thing to have in the 70th minute where you need to change the the game a little bit and you've got a guy like Sebastian Blanco to bring on that uh, that's definitely uh definitely exciting so there Ryan Ryan Anderson says I think him uh, not playing against RSL that means he starts in the cup uh, that's what I'm, I'm thinking because they didn't have to use him that definitely helps his case for getting there and uh, and starting but Again, we we don't know what's going on injury wise. If he's you know if he's going to start, if he's not going to start, we'll we'll find out on Saturday. But uh, DSO, if you're uh, I don't know if he, he just had to step away for a minute or what. But uh, as far as uh, as the midfielders there for New York City, uh, you know I didn't even uh, I don't even have my notes done yet for tomorrow. But there he is, perfect. Man. DSO, talk to us about uh, New York City's midfield. I think the uh, the midfield. Uh, I think the pairing with Alfredo Morales and James Hansen. I think it's very underrated. I think uh, yeah. throughout the playoffs they've been solid uh, defensively. They have really have given uh, uh, up as many as many mistakes. You know, um, obviously the trade of Alexander Ring that that was obviously a big blow to us at the start of the season. Um, I was I was uh, definitely not pleased with that trade. Well, when I heard the news and we traded him to Austin, so uh, but I think James Sands. 
has really grown in, uh, grown into the the scheme of what we try what we try to do in the midfield. I think uh, him and uh, Alfredo Morales. Alfredo Morales really hasn't played that well uh, at the start at the start of his time here in New York, but over the playoffs over the past couple of weeks and the last month of the the regular season, he's definitely uh, show uh, he's definitely played up to his potential here. Um, Ronnie Dyla uh, on the on the broadcast at halftime when they pulled him aside and they asked him, "What are you going to do?" in the second half differently when they were getting uh, dominated by Philly that first half. He decided to pull push both Alfredo and James Sands up, uh, pushed both sixes up, and it paid off. Ultimately, it paid off with the substitutions of uh, Talos Magno, Tiago, and uh, Goodmundo Terrarenson. It, it, it eventually paid off in the end. You know, so if we have to do something like that again to Portland, you know, say we're, we, uh, we concede a goal, Early on in the second half, or later on in the first half, and we're down one. We find ourselves down one nothing, you know, with a decent amount of time on the left on the clock. I would assume uh, Dyla would make make the substitutions much faster. He really hasn't made subs that early throughout the season. He's always left them late for some reason, and uh, a lot of the fans uh, really uh, weren't too happy with that. But I think he's uh, he finally got his, finally got it right in, down in Philadelphia, uh, being down a goal. You know, 90 seconds later, Max Morales finds the back of the net, makes it 1-1. And then laid on in the 88th minute, um, a good ball, a ball from Maxi Morales trying to find Goodman Dorterrenson, you know, and Baiza with a very poor first touch. Goody just crept up behind him, got the ball, squared it to Talis Magno, and he just, all he had to do was tap it in from six yards out, and, we're, you know, we're in the final. So I would assume um, if, if Portland uh, do not go out uh, like Philly did at the start of the game, I would assume he would uh, push Sands and Alfredo Morales up and, um, you know, just try and pin Portland uh, defensively. You know, it, there's, only, there's only so much pressure you could take until uh, you, uh, you finally let one in. So you, even, even if that means you have a very good defense and a very decent, and a decent goalkeeper, if, if, you, if, you, if you take too much pressure, it's eventually going to get on you. It's eventually going to get tiring for the defense and uh, the the offense is definitely going to um, find a way to score. You know, we have uh, Max Morales, Santiago Rodriguez. They they've been phenomenal. Uh, Maxi uh, has been phenomenal throughout the playoffs. That first game in Atlanta uh, against Atlanta, and that second game in New England, completely dominated. And uh, we had to bring off Sands in that game in New England. Brought in Tony Rocha, and he played phenomenal. Uh, the time he played, it looked he looked like he was playing all season long. You know, it, uh, he. He's a really uh, solid, uh, solid midfielder, and um, I also heard something—a uh, rumor. He's like, if uh, Sands is injured, you know, um, and you know you or you play Sands at right back, you know, and you have no options then midfield. You know, with Zilalem being uh, not playing, you know, unfortunately for him, he's only played 21 minutes, um, and he got that red card against Philly on decision day. So, uh, but Ronnie did say Tony Rocha is ready to play midfield. And he's actually a solid player in that midfield. I think um, of the creativity of Maxi Morales and Santiago Rodriguez, I think that creativity is going to be key if we do, in fact, win this game. If we, if we keep creating chances, you know, we can play off the nine. We can go out wide. There, there's so many ways that this team can hurt you offensively. Um, you know, so I would, just, uh, I would just have Santi and Maxi play. You know, I wouldn't play right down the middle. Diego Chara, he's a very good defensive midfielder. In my for for me in my books, I think he's the best midfielder in the league, the best defensive midfielder in the league. Diego Chara, 
Yeah. Uh, I would, I, I, again, I would target, I would target the flanks, target the fullbacks. You know, they're they don't they don't like to play uh, wide uh, with their fullbacks uh, defensively. Portland, so I would obviously target, I would target the flanks. You know, and I've also seen some highlights. You know, if you play down the middle really quickly, if you play a quick one-two pass, you could get in behind this back line and uh, potentially have a one v one with uh, Steve Clark. As long as long as Medina doesn't have that one v one, we already know what Medina. <laughs> we already know Medina, man. <laughs> um, he, he, to be fair, he, he is a good player, but he does get uh, on the nerves of City fans a lot. Oh, yeah. um, he's a decent player, but at the if it was up to me, at the end of the season, I would I would either trade him or sell him back to team in Paraguay because yeah. he's he's not cutting it for me. Yeah, no, for so, sure. I, I, yeah. I'm loving what Santi Rodriguez as as, com- as controversially as this would sound. I would start Medina. I would start yeah. Medina because I'd much rather have Talis Magno and Tiago come off the bench. They're more they're more of super subs than starters. So I would I would 100% start Medina yeah. uh, on Saturday because we we have started the same eleven two times. Then we've had to put in Ever because of the suspension for Castellanos, and uh, to be uh, Ronnie Dyla, he's gotten everything right so far. So I would I would 100% start Medina and then just pull him off around the 55th minute mark. Yep, that's it. And then you know when you get to this point in the season and and you're playing an MLS Cup, everything is going right for you. Period. And you've got that luck. You've gotten those lucky breaks, and you you got it all going. You got that depth, and 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 depth so is, so is Portland in the last game. You know, with that very poor clearance, uh, lucky bounce off, uh, I believe Mora to get the first goal, and you know the yeah, lucky bounce yeah. off uh, Ochoa. Uh, oh, yeah. That that no, shot was hitting the terrible. post anyway. Ochoa didn't need to die for it. Yeah, no, it was it was terrible. It was terrible. All right, so let's go. Let's go quickly over the forwards and the wingers, um, as I want to touch on uh, your one player to watch as well as your prediction. And a scoreline prediction. I already know who you're going to predict. I think we all know who you're going to predict. But uh, as far as scoreline goes, so let's talk about the wingers and the forwards. Rocky, talk to me, man. What, what's what, what do we got up top? More are going to start? Or are you going to put in these Goda? You missed two shots the other night. Is his his shot percentage went down like crazy <laughs> there after that? I know his, his almost perfect uh, percentage went down. Knockers. Um, he's. He's arguably still one of the most uh, precise um, goal scorers. Um, he doesn't have a lot of minutes coming off an injury, but Nesgoda is he's clinical and dangerous. Um, I don't think he'll start. I think Mora will start. Uh, he needs to find open spaces. And then you have uh, um, Espria will probably start um, over Santi, Santiago Moreno, um, although he did have an amazing game. He was, you know, probably player of the match last game. Um, he's He's what you want. He's young. He's fast. He's really smart, and he'll he'll beat you on the run. So this is what's great about the uh, the counterattacks is if if New York does play pressure and gets a little deep, um, Moreno's fast enough. Espria is fast enough. Jimmy Chara is fast enough. Mora will find space, um, and possibly Blanco or um, or even Luria could be helping out up in that mid. Um, these guys aren't slow. Um, it's a, it's that perfect balance of 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 age, intelligence, and athleticism. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Chara just a dime on the ball. He's <laughs> the shortest guy on the field, but li- he's just a giant testicle with legs. Um, he's a he's like I say, he's super fast, super intelligent. He works seamlessly with his brother. Um, and and uh, uh, Dyrona Uh They switch sides often too, so they'll 
they're not afraid to switch up on you either. So, um, and they'll do it quick. Um, you might not even notice it, and all of a sudden you got Dyrone on you when you thought you were covering Yimmy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think Ms. Goda is going to be a super sub. Um, he'll probably come in with 10 minutes if we need a goal or if we don't need a goal. Um, you know, and depending on how this game goes, we could be up a couple goals and we could sub in Blake Bodily or or Renzo Zambrano or even Zach McGraw on defense. So um, it's kind of something we did versus RSLs. We were up two goals and we subbed in guys that aren't normally subbed in and just get, get them some minutes. Um, for instance, Blake Bodily, I only think he has one or two regular season games his entire career, and he's played nothing but finals. Uh, he played MLS's back. He's played in this tournament, um, and he played in 2018 as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Dyron Spree being back. Yeah, he's he made a mistake versus Colorado in that, that last few minutes there in that game, um, but he's really matured. Uh, if you think about it now, he's almost 30 or maybe he is like 28, 29, but he's matured a lot and it's going to take a lot for him to get under his skin. Um, but he's, like I say, he's, he's ridiculously fast. Um, really he's just gotten smarter. He's gotten better at his craft. Um, and Gio loves him. Uh, he's, you know, loved him his entire time he's been on this team. Uh, and even I can argue definitely when he was younger, he, he was either loved him or hate him. Uh, because he did have a temper. Uh, he was immature, um, and he would get frustrated, and it was obvious. But I think a lot of that's ironed out. Um, I think if he was frustrated that game, I think that's it. I don't think he's going to get frustrated anymore. And uh, like I say, anyone can score on this this front four, front five, including, like I say, Diego Charo's got two goals this year. Um, Pachibe's got a goal. Blanco's got goals. Um, any one of these guys could – move up and, and, and score. And then, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm afraid to be the soccer ball myself. Like, you know, this could very easily be a runaway game. Um, but with all due respect to New York, I mean, it could, they could score as well. We could have, you know, you know, three to two or four to three, and it could just be punch after punch after punch from each other. So, um, I do expect Timbers to score more more than one goal, and uh, I would expect New York to score at least one goal, if not two. Yeah, I mean, if if this was a regular season game, I, I would be saying shootout, like four three type of type of deal. But it's a final. They they never you never get that in a final. I mean, very rarely it happens, but not not very often. And I expect this to be a pretty tight, cagey game, uh, especially in the first forty five. So. Uh, you know, I, I love uh, I love what I'm seeing from from Portland there with uh, with Nizgoda. I think he can change a game coming in uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, but there, I, I saw uh, Isaiah said, "Hot take: uh, Jimmy is the best striker in Portland." Uh, you know, Moore is good, man. He scores a lot of goals. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy being the midfielder, man, he's he's damn good, and he might be my player to watch. I might I might I might give a little hint away for tomorrow uh, for that episode there. But uh, no, I mean for uh, for DSO in, in New York City, I mean, what else you got to say other than uh, Mr. Golden Boot? We have uh, we have options off the bench. We uh, you guys saw yesterday uh, with uh, uh, Tiago Talis Magno. Uh, we could also play Goody. Goody's pretty good uh, offensively. Malte Admonson, pretty good offensively. Tavon Gray, pretty, pretty good offensively. 
Um, you know, you could you you could easily say the the fullbacks could almost play as wingers for us. Uh, I think that uh, I said it again. Uh, I said it. I'm gonna say it again. They're gonna be the most integral part and and for us scoring goals and trying to win this game uh, with the crosses, the deliveries um, from Max Morales. You know, even, even Medina's a pretty good in swinger as well. We saw what happened the, in the, the second game of the season against Cincinnati. You know, granted it was uh, on the tighter pitch at Yankee Stadium. You know, just just whipped one in into the top corner from from a corner kick. You know, obviously the the field in Portland is a lot wider, um, but I, I I would definitely um, definitely uh, take that into consideration. Medina is a pretty good in swinger um, uh, in his in his own right. I would definitely um, defensively I, if you can contain if you can contain Diron Espria, if you can contain Yimichara, if Blanco starts, if you contain him and you keep possession, they, they, they can't hurt you. If you keep possession and you play smart, your opposition can't hurt you. You can only hurt yourself uh, with the way you use the ball. So uh, attacking-wise, I think we, we can play off the nine. We can play off uh, Castellanos. If Ever needs to come in for whatever reason, we can also play off him. Uh, there was an opportunity created. I think it was um, – I believe it was Max Morales chipping in a ball or Mal Tavinson chipping in a ball. Uh Ever just kind of laid it off for somebody. Uh, I'm not sure who it was. He laid it off. I believe I, – I can't remember who it was, but he laid it off. And then, um, you know, we had Medina at the edge of the box. He had a strike. It was saved by freeze. But you know what? That, that, that's a way New York City can hurt you. Um, you know, Tati Castellanos, he's, he's an aerial threat, and he's the best defensive uh, striker in the league. Uh, I don't think the I don't think the Portland Timbers center backs are – are are really uh, have been tested in that sort of way, so it's going to be something brand new for them, especially uh, especially uh, with uh, this year. You know, with the uh, regions, you know, east, east, uh, east and east, west and west. You know, barely getting any east versus west uh, matchups because you, know, um, you know, I think that I think that um, having to uh, be similar to you know having to get familiar with the. Uh, Attacks in your respective conference. I think that that's going to be a, a part <clears throat> that's going to play a part, and uh, um, and you know Portland uh, dealing with the press from Castellanos, um, you know. So you know we uh, also our center backs could could hurt you from set pieces as well from from a from in swinger uh, free kick or a corner kick. Maxim Chanel, Alex Callens, they have the height. They have the height to win the header and and potentially head one home. You know Castellanos, even even Max Morales, for uh, for for a guy that's five three, he's pretty good. He almost scored against New England, hit the post, <laughs> unfortunately. So I would that, that surprised me. Yeah, um, I would I would definitely um, uh, keep keep an eye on the uh, aerial threats uh, attacking wise for New York City. If I was Portland, um, a, a decent delivery. Uh, I've seen from from what I've seen, Portland aren't really good at defending the cross or defending set pieces. They're really good offensively wise on set pieces. So if we can defend those set pieces, eliminate those bad decisions defensively and just uh, have decent deliveries in from corners, free kicks or crosses, even just a half decent uh, ball into Castellano. So you need to find a way to he head it into the back of the net. And so um, offensively, uh, I think, I think that um, well, we're pretty, we're pretty good. Uh, we have to Jerry Shradi. He can hurt you in a lot of ways as well. And so, uh, Offensively, this team is stacked. 
Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, they, and the key is, I mean, what, what's the service going to be like to Toddy? That's 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 where I'm at. If, if they can get the ball into him from, from those wide points, uh, it's going to be a good day for New York City. If they can't, uh, it's it's going to struggle. Diego Char is going to have to have a uh, an unbelievable game uh, back there, just sweeping like crazy in the in, in the defensive midfield spot, um, shutting that down. But it's uh, it's 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 going to be good. It's going to be good. So let, let's talk about one player to watch. If you had to name an MVP right now, you think it's going to be MVP of MLS Cup Final 2021 on Saturday? Who is it, Rocky? Let's start with you. Um, I, if it's not a goal scorer, it's it's Diego Chara. If it's someone who scores a goal, it's Dairon Espria. Okay. All right, Mister Mister October showing up in uh, October, November, December, whatever yeah. you want to call him. You can put one in for his dad, and he's gonna lift up his shirt and show his dad, and hopefully we get a backflip. Hopefully not. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you go. So DSO, who, who's your player to watch? Uh, I think on paper you say Tati Castellanos, but I think it could, it could really be anybody offensively for New York City. I think even I think you you could even have a shout. You know, Callens he's been pretty good um, uh, in this postseason. So is Chanel, I think, but I think it's going to be attacking wise. I believe Max Morales he he's definitely up there. I think I think for me it's a tie between Castellanos, Morales, and Rodriguez. I think it's I think it's a three way tie for me. But but if I have to choose, I, I think I think I have to go Max Morales. I think I'll give the slight edge to Max Morales. Okay, cool. Good stuff. All right. So last prediction time. All right. So tell me what's what's the score gonna be and who hey, who's gonna win? I mean, I think I, I think it's pretty obvious here. DSO, you're going with New York City to, to lift the cup at the end of the day. What, what do you what what's the score line? What, what do you think's gonna how do you think it's gonna end up? I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. The last time I predicted New York City to lose, they ended up pulling off the upset. So I'm and the, the scoreline, I said one 0 New England. You know what? I it might it might be cliche. You know what? I, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna say one 0 Portland, and it's gonna and I think psychologically I'm gonna curse them, and it's gonna be two one New York City at the end of the game in 90 minutes. I think this game will be decided in 90 minutes. Okay. So I'm going. So I'm going one 0 Portland, but. Realistically, I'm saying two on New York City. All right, so the, the superstition coming out for DSO. Well, there. I'm not superstitious. I think you might you I'll, can say you're not superstitious. I'll, I'll take, but what you, take, the, the whole thought process that just went through your head was I'll take a, I'll totally take a superstitious. Page. I'll take a page out of the book of Eli Manning. I'm not I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rocky. What, what what's the prediction? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some numbers r- real quick right here. Um, since uh, since the six two loss to Seattle, Portland has been thirteen three and one. Um, we're second highest goal scorer in the box with fifty one goals inside the box, and we are five games winning for six versus New York. And uh, with those numbers, I'm I gotta say three three one Portland. I think Portland's just gonna be too much at home. Um, I think we're gonna play with a lot of passion, a lot of focus, grit and determination, just like we've been playing to get to this game. And I, you know, I don't think it'll be a shutout, but uh, 3-1 Portland. All right. You heard it here first from you guys. I appreciate you guys coming on at Talking the Woods. Go check out Rocky's Instagram page. You get all kinds of awesome, awesome Portland Timbers content over there. And uh, at DSO, I don't know, one day you got to, you got to start a channel or something, man. You got 
You got the knowledge. I'll, I'll, I'll think the, about it. I'll know. think about it. So, there you go, man. Well, uh, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate you guys always hanging out with us and giving us the inside track on MLS Cup 2021. And with that, I'm just ending it. We're over an hour now. Um, so we've got to make sure you guys are with us for the uh, for the final on Saturday. We'll be live right here on Sons of a Pitch, Soccer Central, Portland Timbers, New York City. You know the deal. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. Can't wait. Going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're in the chat. And then tomorrow I'll be uploading a full 30-minute preview on MLS Cup Final. My takes and all that with a little bit of knowledge from DSO and Rocky because they had to teach me a little bit about their teams tonight. So, guys, thanks again for coming on. Viewers, listeners, thanks for watching and listening. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you guys real soon tomorrow for that preview episode. Have a great night, everybody. You. <laughs>